are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know what time it is. It's Thursday, August 27th, and it is time for Locked On Dolphins. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Plenty to get into today. We want to touch on the quarterback battle once again. Tua has had a stronger week this week at practice. But first and foremost, a couple of transactions that require our attention, especially for Dolphins fans who played close attention to the season last year. Uh, in, in particular, some of the dynamics of the running back room, which is quickly becoming just as cursed of a position as what the offensive line has been for the better part of the past decade. So let's start there with the Dolphins making some moves in the backfield. The Miami Dolphins have cut veteran running back Kalen Balage after just two seasons with the team. Balage, who is a fourth-round pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, has struggled to find his footing throughout the course of his time with the Dolphins. He's played in 24 games over the past two seasons, and he carried the ball 110 times. Those 110 carries resulted in 326 rushing yards for the Dolphins, but also included a one-rush-for-75-yard result against the Minnesota Vikings in 2018. If you take that rush out of the equation for Balaj, he averaged under 2.2 three yards per carry throughout the course of his two seasons, which doesn't make it hard to see why the Dolphins would ultimately decide now is the time to move on. Balaj, of course, drew ire last year from Dolphins fans midway through the season when he said he didn't have anything to prove, despite the fact that he was averaging at the time less than two yards per carry in 2019 with the Dolphins. Balaj has been everything but what he was advertised to be during his time in Miami. Over the course of these 24 games, you've seen Balaz really struggle with vision, anticipation, lateral mobility, and you also saw him struggle with pass catching. He had 14% drop rate over 35 targets in his two seasons with the Dolphins. He was billed as such a good receiving back that some thought he may need to transition and play wide receiver full time concentration, and hands, both have been problems for Balaj, and now he'll look to land on his feet elsewhere. He indeed does have something to prove, despite the fact that he contested that assertion last year. For the Dolphins, the Dolphins tapped into the Washington Huskies pipeline that is suddenly developing in the Miami backfield. The Dolphins drafted running back Miles Gaskin in the seventh round of the 2019 NFL Draft and now claimed Salvin Ahmed off the waiver wire. He was an undrafted free agent from Washington. Gaskins back up for two seasons with the Washington Huskies, went undrafted in the 2020 NFL draft, ultimately signed an undrafted free agent deal with the San Francisco 49ers, and is now making his way over to Miami. And he has a tough task ahead of him because while Balazs, was never going to command carries in a backfield that persisted of Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, Salvin Ahmed was the backup to Miami's current fourth-string running back in Miles Gaskin. Patrick Laird is still in the picture here as the potential receiving back out of the backfield. 
with the Dolphins approximately two and a half weeks away from the start of the NFL season, it is an unenviable proposition for any undrafted free agent at this point to come over and attempt to wrangle away reps and make the roster. So Salvin Ahmed may be destined for a date with the practice squad, especially because throughout the course of his career at Washington with the Huskies, he was unable to push Miles Gaskin out of the starting lineup. And now Gaskins is a fringe roster player for the Miami Dolphins. Now, what I, I don't want to do is sit here and hammer on Kalen Balaj too hard, right? Things didn't work out. But Balaj's comments last year about not having anything to prove when stepping into a running back role and being so abysmally bad that you just you could have put him on the line of scrimmage and asked him to fall face first without moving his feet onto the ground. And that was the equivalence of the gained yardage he averaged every time he touched the ball. It was mind-bogglingly bad. And there's a lesson here to be had, because Balazs at 6'1", 6'2", 230 pounds, very much a straight-line, angular runner. Would he have fit better in this style of offense? Probably. But when you're coming off the season that Kalen Balazs had last season, and you take the attitude that Kalen Balazs did last year, which was, I don't need to prove anything, you can't come out the following fall slash summer, put the ball on the ground, and continue to drop the football. We've now reached the point where the mistakes for Kalen Balazs were inexcusable. And it's another example of the Dolphins moving on and, and moving past a talent, despite the fact that there was a reasonable investment made in that player. The Dolphins, of course, drafting Balazs in the fourth round in 2018. He has not materialized and become what they hoped he would be. If you're looking for a silver lining, Running back production is fairly straightforward to replace. And names like Kalen Balaj and Kenyon Drake, and, and they may end up going somewhere else. Kenyon Drake had terrific success in Arizona last year. In half a season, he came within one yard of surpassing his career high in rushing yardage. Over just those eight games, forget about the yardage that he had already tallied with Miami. I don't necessarily think you'll see that same level of success with Kalen Balaj anywhere. Let's just putting it mildly. But backs are so dependent on the environment around them to really shine and have success. I do think it is interesting that the Dolphins have gone out and plucked two backs from the San Francisco system. Raheem Mostert, of course, is the lead back there. Tevin Coleman, who's kind of built like Kalen Balaj, but actually has some vision and instincts to his game. The Dolphins bring in Matt Breida, and now they bring in Salvin Ahmed, the UDFA. And uh, I think you also take into account the San Francisco 49ers' construction of their offensive line. You know, they are a little bit longer and leaner and more athletic at the tackle positions with Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. But they took Lakin Tomlinson, who's struggled, and he's another offensive guard who's somewhere in that 330 range. And even though San Francisco does play some wide zone, 
some outside zone. That's Shanahan rushing offense. They like to get you off your platforms and get you moving laterally and then cut off your defensive fits uh, with their backs. Could that be something Miami feels they need to get more versatile and diverse for the outside the tackle stuff? Well, obviously, the strength of this offensive line, they're going to run right downhill at you. And good, they should. But I do think it is worth noting now, we've now pulled two backs from San Francisco's offensive system, which is something to keep an eye on. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with quality service online for the past 20 years. Whether you're looking for new brake parts, motor oil, new carpet, or engine control modules for your daily driver or your classic, rockauto.com has everything that you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com, whether you are a professional or do-it-yourselfer, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs, and right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So it's Thursday. It's time to check in with the quarterbacks. We did this last week. Everybody really enjoyed it, so we're going to make sure we do it again today. Update on Tua. Obviously, Tua, from all accounts, all reports, has had a better second week of practice than his first. Terrific. But if you expected anything other than steady improvement from Tua, I don't know what to tell you. Like, the dude hasn't taken snaps in, in a live setting since November, and he had his hip popped out of place. Of course, he's going to continue to get better. The promising bit with Tua is the fact that he is showing no limitations. He's looking mobile. He's moving well. He's throwing the ball well. There are no lingering effects from this freak hip dislocation that he suffered against Mississippi State last year. But where I have enjoyed getting a new look at Tua over the course of this past week since we last spoke about the quarterbacks on Thursday is Fox Sports has begun releasing this mini vid doc series entitled Tua Talks. They drop an episode. It's been uh, every day this week there's been an episode. So I think episode four is coming out today, midday. I've seen the first three. They're each about three to four minutes long. They talk about different dynamics of Tua the player and his journey. And uh, obviously it culminates this September 6th, I believe it is, Sunday, September 6th, I think 4 o'clock on Fox Sports. It's a documentary entitled Tua, and it looks at Tua's last year of his life, his final season in Alabama, the injury, the recovery, the draft process, getting drafted by the Dolphins, the redemption and training camp, all that, blah, 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 whatever. Have really enjoyed hearing some of the -the behind-the-curtain dynamics of what Tua's process at Alabama is. The first three have not really touched on Miami at all, other than one really great quote that I think really embodies and encapsulates why so many people are excited for Tua to be the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. It was at the end of episode three of this mini-series, and Tua said, I want to change 
the franchise, change the culture, change the atmosphere, change the outlook of the fans when they cheer. You know, just get a whole new feeling of what it feels like to be a fan of the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Shake the goosebumps out, and let's talk about it. For three decades, from the 70s to the end of the 1990s, the Dolphins and their fans have known effectively nothing other than Hall of Fame quarterback play between Bob Greasy and Dan Marino. That was the threshold. And for the 20 years that have passed since, so much of what we have done is kind of struggling to keep our heads above water. There was a 10-year stretch there uh, where you held your, back, held your breath anytime a, a Dolphins quarterback dropped back to pass because you're like, oh boy, is this the interception? Is this the back-breaking mistake? And obviously, we had the year with Chad Pennington, which was glorious. Then we had the Chad Henney era. And then we had the Ryan Tannehill era. And Ryan made it normal to expect more than just okay to above average quarterback play again. And for me, that will always be Ryan's greatest gift to the South Florida uh, fanhood and community is Ryan Tannehill normalized wanting great quarterback play again instead of just being like, wow, thank God, like this guy's not going to throw that back-breaking pick every time in, you're in the fourth quarter in a one-score game, right? We get fits. Now we got two. A lot of the young guys that the Dolphins have pegged to step into that role and be the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins they don't have the resume of a guy like Tua, and I think the resume is a big reason why there's so much optimism that Tua can be the guy. Because Shannon Sharp talked about this on episode one of this doc series. He said, Tua literally changed what Alabama football looked like. Before Tua, it was grind the ball, we got quarterback run, but we're smash mouth, run the ball, defense. Tua leaves Alabama as one of the most prolific college passers in the history of the game. He completely changed the style of offense that they play. They became a pass-first offense in a very short amount of time, right? Effectively two and a half years of playing time for Tua. And he changed the most prominent college football landscape that there is. He completely turned it on its head. So when he says, I want to change the culture, I want to change the franchise of the Miami Dolphins, I'm inclined to believe him. I don't necessarily say I'm going to doubt him because he did it at Alabama. And Miami, let's be honest, right now, Miami is not a hallmark NFL franchise. It's pro football. So, of course, it's a bigger stage. But in the South, at Alabama, where you don't have a pro team, those folks live and breathe it. And they welcome nearly twice as many fans to Bryant-Denny every home game that they play. And then you got the college football playoff. Like, the spotlight and the pressure is not going to be too much for Tua. If Tua falters, it will not be because the overwhelming expectations of trying to replace Dan Marino. And that's not to diminish Dan Marino. That is just simply saying Tua's resume as a young man He's already done all of the things he's saying he's aspired to, aspiring to do for the Dolphins. He already did it all at Alabama, including winning a championship. How about the rest of the group? 
Josh Rosen met with the South Florida media uh, this past week. I believe it was Tuesday. And everybody left the media session with Rosen very impressed with Josh's perspective. And he's, he's talking about well, making the most of this time, not being worried about getting back on the field, making sure that when the opportunity comes, because he knows his former top 10 pick, he's going to get another shot somewhere along the line. He wants to be as mentally and physically ready for that opportunity to make the most of it as he can, because there aren't too many people who get three strikes at the NFL level. It's a starting quarterback. Impressive perspective from Josh, and he makes it very easy to root for him, especially with all of the discussion and narrative about maturity issues. And, and maybe some of that was a problem when he came in. But this process, it has humbled Josh Rosen. And Josh, he said, he, you know, I would love to get a chance to play this year, but if it does not come, I am going to make sure I continue to invest in myself every single day so that whenever that opportunity knocks, I will answer the door. Day by day. It is the Dolphins mantra. Brian Flores mantra. Players in media sessions mantra. One day at a time. Day by day. I want to get better today than I was yesterday. Taking it one day at a time. Good. Players are buying in. It's exactly what you want. The message from the coach is being received by the players. Even players like Josh Rosen, who had reputations before they got to Miami, that were not the most flattering. So cheers and, and credit to Josh Rosen uh, for keeping perspective through all this. And, and I know for a fact, I certainly will be rooting for him. And I know a lot of other Dolphins fans, even if it doesn't come in Miami, unless he goes to New England. Talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. Usually you just brush it off, blame yourself on a long day at work, or any other of a list of excuses. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The entire process is straightforward, simple, and again, discreet. So go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Bringing us home today, a quick touch point with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who over the course of the past week since last Thursday uh, did have a personal leave absence from a personal matter, but he has been back on the field and generally speaking has been the best quarterback and has continued to be the best quarterback in camp for the Dolphins. So much so that the man is back to throwing no-look practices in the red zone in practice. <laughs> This was the thing last year, right? He threw that dagger to Devontae on the sideline and the video went nuts and like Mahomes had a shout out about it. Well, he's doing it again, but his no look is like much more pronounced this time. He's looking right and throwing to his left. And uh, it just kind of illustrated to me 
Ryan's on a different playing field than both Josh and Tua just for the fact that he knows this offense, he knows this terminology like the back of his hand. These receivers, they're still trying to learn it. They all like it because conceptually they talk about how it's simple, it gives them more freedom and flexibility as long as they get to their spot in the time in which they're supposed to so that the throw can be accurate and on time. That's fine. But from Ryan Fitzpatrick's perspective, because he does not have to worry about feeling confident in the terminology, because he does not have to worry about making sure he's eliminating, this was something Josh Rosen talked about on Tuesday, eliminating half the field in the pre-snap to know you have a plan at the snap. Ryan's always got the plan. And because he's so smart, he's typically going to be right. Is he always going to be accurate? No. Is he going to make some crazy shit happen? Absolutely. Good. You got to take the highs with the lows. And then when this team is ready for more precision and more high-level plays, if two is mentally ready at this point, the team will make the jump. But Fitz, the no-look pass, it was the perfect embodiment for me of why he's going to start the season. Now, if Tua continues to string together good days, and I know there's some conflicting reports on just how good he's been this week, but there's no question he was better than he was last week. We said Dolphins' mantra is day by day. If Tua can stack it week by week, then we may get to end of September, early October, and if the Dolphins are 2-4, and four, heaven forbid, it might be time. It is time for me to wrap it up here on the show. We got one more show this week. Going to keep an eye out for anything interesting that comes through the pipeline over the next 24 hours. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Kyle Crab signing off. Thanks as always for listening. And I hope to see you guys again tomorrow.